This is Haas. And this is Samson. With Franks and Deans. In Las Vegas, Nevada. And unless we feel like screaming at the radio, we never listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. That's such an asshole. Yeah, but she's kind of hot, though. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, welcome to the show. It's 271st episode of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, the purveyor of punching Nazis right in their fucking face, Jesse Dollamore. And sitting across from me, the lovely yet more passive than I am, co-host of mine, Brittany Page. Wow, you're just getting it done. <laughs> we skip one episode hey, and man. now you're all fired up. When Nazis are getting punched in the face in my country. Uh-huh. It's a happy day. It is a happy, happy day. Yes. Although not so much in the Dollamore Page household because it was a, a matter of consternation between the two of us. Um, if consternation is, hey, I don't really agree with you on that. Well, that, yeah, that's that's about as contentious as it gets between us. Uh-huh. Well, now I have to explain myself because <laughs> I look like I support. No, I don't think all of our audiences, uh, all the entire audience in, en masse would agree with me. Well, listen, Richard Spencer got punched in the face. He he really did and get punched, right? More of an elbow, I yeah, think. Yeah, it was more a bow to the face. And I laughed my ass off. And also, I love all those mashups that they're doing with the songs, with like the great drum solos, and they're mixing it up with all the... Listen, if the internet only existed for that uh-huh i would be a happy guy right unfortunately it doesn't and that's getting it fucking done they're really getting it done but i i saw sarah silverman's tweet <laughs> and she said that she saw someone who's forever closed now uh richard spencer after getting punched in the face for being a nazi because why wouldn't he it reinforces him to say fuck these people right yeah you're right they should Sit down and have a nice, warm, hot cup of cocoa, because that's what changes the minds of Nazis who want to ethnically cleanse America. Well, listen, I just publicly wrote a post on my page where I kind of revealed a little bit about my childhood, and I was raised in a white supremacist household. Right. And both of my parents are active white supremacists. Yeah, Brittany's not talking about having a couple parents who, not a fan of Martin Luther King Jr. Day. No. She's talking about... Nazis. Right. So I couldn't be in my class to learn about the Native Americans and Idaho history. My parents wanted to teach us their own version of history. Yeah. And I grew up believing the Holocaust never happened. My parents still believe it never happened. So I came out of that. And I know you say it was different because I was a kid. You're going to make my arguments for me. uh, I do want to take a second and say. (laughs) What? You have an alert? Yeah. Oh. (laughs) An emergency alert. I don't talk to my parents anymore. So oh, for, the, yeah, yeah, for those who were wondering, oh, her parents are white supremacists. She's defending this Nazi. What's going on here? Well, one, I'm not defending the Nazi. I laughed when he got punched. It was hilarious. For sure. And I love the Phil Collins well, there's, compilation. I think but, our audience understands there's a nuance. Yeah, but I I do not talk to my parents anymore because they're white supremacists. Well, so you, you've, you've, you've exercised the demon. Right. You have surgically removed the cancer right. that is your parents. I have escaped the indoctrination 
absolutely. Well, of course you have. Right. Well, this is the first. This is the first telling of this over the course of look. We've done two hundred seventy-one now episodes and many, many bonus episodes. And this is the first time you've mentioned this. So this is a revelation. I mean, it took you a long time to be comfortable enough to talk about this. Yeah. And look, it's. Uh, I'm sure that the audience is grateful. I'm certainly grateful. I think it's. Uh, it's a beautiful thing that your your story is. Look, the more you tell of your story, the more people I think are gonna really come around. It's goddamn horrific. <laughs> well, we'll save that for another day. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have time to get into that now. All right. But I'm sure that there are adults who come out of it because they were indoctrinated as kids. Right. And then as an adult, something happens and they're open to information. I'm not sure it's always a punch in the face. My, but My position is not changing hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. My position is striking fucking fear into the heart of a Nazi <laughs> to a point that they're going to be afraid to voice their opinion. Uh-huh. And if they're not allowed to voice their opinion, the popularity and commonality of their beliefs will be squelched. Well, and that's the unfortunate thing, too. I think that a lot of what you see on the Internet is anonymous Nazis and they're anonymous Mm -hmm. for a reason because they are afraid to put their face with it. They are afraid to put their name with it. And so, I mean, what you're going to end up having is a Richard Spencer who just changes his profile to Pepe the Frog. Right on. And saying Spencer the Frog. That's right. And then coward. he'll he'll More do it anonymous. He'll do it anonymously. That is exactly right. That would be my hope. Well, I'm kind of shitting on your opinion with that. Why? Because they're going to be anonymous. Well, well you they'll know what? They'll just go you, anonymous. You know what anonymous people don't do? Attend rallies and do the Zeke Heil fucking salute in a public forum mm-hmm. after the election of Donald Trump with their fucking hail Donald Trump bullshit because they're too afraid to show up in public. And if you're not showing up in public, you're not gathering together. And you're not gaining force in your momentum uh, as a group. Mm-hmm. God damn. Let me tell you something, audience. It feels really, really good to be right so goddamn much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, if only you were here to see the daggers being stared across at me. I'm smiling because these are just alternative facts. <laughs> And don't 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 blow blow your wad. We're going to get to all that. We're going to get to all of that. I'm not blowing my wad. It's fine. Before we do, though, we do have some voicemails that are tangentially related to that whole alternative fact thing. And then also some other stuff that has just come up throughout the week. Well, listen, when you skip an episode, you you don't get to all the voicemails. And we're going to we had to only get to a few right but b- before we do that we were going to do that uh, we were going to do the live stream oh that's right at the protest in la and we did it for like oh, 15 minutes because it was pouring rain pouring yeah. rain and it yeah, was yeah. freezing it was miserable we we got down there we had two umbrellas we thought that would be fine no our pants were soaked within 10 minutes our shoes were soaked it was horrible so you ever <laughs> you ever ridden a bike when you were a kid <laughs> And you didn't have a fender on the back like you were some kind of an old lady. And the, the, the water and the mud would just, from the wheel, would whip up against. And you'd have this long line of wet mud all over your back of your, your coat. I'm waiting for a response. The audience isn't going to respond. 
That has never happened. That is exactly what was going on. I don't know. It was like I was sprinting down there to Olympic and Figueroa because I the back of my fucking jeans, either there was like a contingent of homeless people just pissing <laughs> all over me as I walked. Could have been. Or something supernatural was happening because there was, <laughs> there was too much water. Yeah. There was too much water on the back of my pants. Yeah. For a guy who had a giant umbrella. Okay. So this is what I'm getting to. <laughs> Everyone has been shitting on me. Because I've been cold in 60 degree weather. Here it comes, everybody. Jesse has been bitching. Kellyanne Conway. For the last three days <laughs> saying he's chilled out every uh, 10 minutes. Fucking, it's been cold in there. And he told me this morning, hey, turn on the heater. Yeah, he said it. I can neither confirm nor deny this. January 25th, can, 2017. Jesse Dollimore, turn on the heater. Orange County, California. So everybody, feel free to send in your emails it's and also shit on him now. Fucking forty-eight degrees in the house. We don't know that. Oh, all right. It was cold as shit this morning. All right. Not freezing, but uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Super cold. Oh my Super god. Super cold. Who else was cold? <laughs> it's snowing in the house. God effectively. Damn. Yeah. This is fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get to our first voicemail before I reach across the table and choke Brittany. Amy, Tennessee. Hey, this is Amy from Memphis, Tennessee. And so I just saw what HR 193 is. And um, I'm not cool with leaving the UN. And I don't know how far it would actually get through the House of Representatives. And I'm just going to preface this. I've been drinking. But um, <laughs> so... I don't know how far it's going to get through the house, but what do you think the global consequences would be of leaving the UN? And do you think it is a good slash bad idea? Or, um, yeah, I just want your opinions on if the U.S. were to actually leave the UN because it seems ludicrous to me. Thanks. Wow, that's our our first drunkard call. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, that's they're making history here. Mm. Just like Donald Trump. So I guess my answer would be, I don't really think it's that big a deal if we live the no. He, here's the deal, Amy. This kind of legislation gets introduced in Congress like every fucking year. Every year, Ron Paul or or Mike Rogers or somebody. I think Mike Rogers was the guy who introduced this. But every single year since the mid-90s, this kind of legislation gets gets introduced. And it's more a shot across the bow to, to alert your electorate, which is usually Nutter Butters in Texas or somewhere. Maybe I should play the music. Yeehaw! Leave you in! Hillary bitches! Isn't that... Well, it's also coming from... I actually from need to play that guy. People who probably don't know what UN stands for. Right? right. Well, it's a dog whistle is what this is. And this is to, to garner votes in the district. This this legislation is going nowhere at all. And if there was actually any serious tone to this whatsoever, it would be more of a signal to the UN that the member nations need to start carrying their weight budget budget wise because the United States pays the bills of about one quarter of the entire UN budget and a lot of people that that makes angry, and I think that there's an argument to be made there that it's not equitable, but uh, it's not going anywhere. We're staying in the UN. It's just the way it is. For one, 
if we were to leave the UN, we wouldn't have a fucking seat at the table to be making decisions that, that have a global impact. And they would be making decisions without us. And we don't want that at all. So don't worry about it. Just go back to your drink and everything will be fine. All right. Next up, Billy, South Carolina. Hey, Jesse, Brittany, what's going on? This is uh, your loyal listener, Billy, from South Carolina. Um, I was calling because I had a random thought about uh, how Trump is meeting with all of these uh, black people, Steve Harvey and Kanye West. I see a couple of people on Facebook getting mad at the uh, backlash they're catching, but it just concerns me that he says he wants to do things for a certain community, and then you choose to meet with the comedians and the entertainers and the athletes. Like, me personally, like, I didn't wake up this morning thinking, uh, man, I wonder what Lil Wayne and LeBron James think about Ben Carson being in charge of Hood. <laughs> like, <laughs> there are plenty of black minds. Oh, yeah, this is the call. Listen, I don't know what's going on with Google Voice, but... Uh, God damn it, it cut off? Yeah, it cut off. No. What a fucking bummer. And I am i can't, every time something goes wrong, text back the person from the Google account, because you're goddamn right, I'm not doing it for my own phone. Mm-hmm. Um, so your, your message cut off. We got the point. I would disagree, though. I do wake up every morning wondering <laughs> what Lil Wayne yeah. and LeBron James have to think about foreign policy and even domestic policy, where it relates to things that are very important. Th- those guys are, you know, colossal minds and intellectual titans of our mm-hmm. day. Especially Lil Wayne. With all the face tattoos and the the craziness. Well, Steve Harvey is a turd. I don't know why anyone would ask him anything. He's a hater of anybody who's not a Christian. Yeah, he is the worst. Yeah. Uh, Billy, let me say this. Uh, I believe it is pandering. And also disrespectful as fuck for him to... He has a nation filled with intellectuals who happen to be black. And he goes and gets Steve goddamn Harvey and Kanye West fresh out of the mental institution. I guess that's probably not PC to call it a mental institution. Well, it's also not relevant. People struggle and have problems. Yeah, but that's not the guy you go to. Well... Days after having been elected. So... Also, I would like to say that there were reports. Again, daggers, once again. I'm smiling. That there were reports. Your eyes. Your eyes aren't smiling. Your eyes are fucking strangling me. Yeah, that Kanye West (laughs) was not selected to perform at the inauguration because they wanted to keep things tradish. Oh, that's right. Traditional. It wasn't traditional enough to have a black man rapper Mm -hmm. to perform, even though he's real good friends with Donald Trump. Mm Mm-hmm. Great friends. Goddamn. Listen, I I, I feel you. It's uh, well, also it's we, just one more thing to to to, to want to choke out Donald Trump about. <laughs> we want to hear the rest of your message, though. So please call back. Please call back. I'm very bummed that I didn't get to hear the rest of it. I didn't know that it cut out. I'm genuinely upset. I'll get over it. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. All right. Next up on the voicemail train. Hi, Jesse and Brittany. This is John again. I'm from Alabama. And I'm calling you today because I was in class. And uh, there was there was a student that was talking with the teacher before class started. And they started talking about politics. And uh, they started talking about Donald Trump and uh, protesters, protesters of Donald Trump, and how everybody was overreacting. You know, and he did give some examples of people 
of course, I agree that we're overreacting to it, but uh, he also started talking about President Obama and how, of course, you know, everybody's being too hard on Donald Trump and how President Obama never had as much backlash as this and he never had as hard a time as a time, even though, of course, there were people burning pinatas of Obama and lynching them. And uh, Donald Trump himself was a part of the birther movement, uh, which was extremely disrespectful. But I wanted to ask you guys, uh, what do you think? Do you think people are overreacting to what's going on? Because my issue with it is, is when they were talking about it, they were being sort of dismissive and nonchalant about it. Uh, like they didn't care. He, he, he said, uh, what did he say? He said, everybody should just calm down and, 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 and let them take the reins, basically. And as he does good things for the country, we'll, you, you know, people will be more comfortable and see how it goes on. But I personally feel like we're not in good hands, you know, and, and he has had a chance. Even before he's elected, we see decisions he's making right now, he he's failing us, you know, and he just doesn't care. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys uh, how you felt about this, and do you guys, how, how do you get involved in politics on a local level? How do you stand? And what do you do to, uh, of course, besides the podcast, keep the conversation going, but actually get physically involved? Um, thank you. See you guys. Oh, and I forgot, uh, Brittany is the best part. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Well, there is a lot to unpack there. Let, let me first of all say that. Do not start another podcast. Goddamn, the world has too many podcasts. Every fucking guy and his brother has a podcast. Yeah. Please, for the love of all that is good and decent in America, do not start another podcast. Well, Plus, that's just competition. If you do start a podcast, though, do it in a different location than you made that phone call. <laughs> just a in, tip. Inside the asshole of a bum. Yeah. That you're inside of a 55-gallon drum that has been somehow... Inserted into the asshole of a bum. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. <laughs> the sound is very familiar. First, I want to know this. It was John, right? John? What classes are you taking? What was this? Fascism 101? <laughs> or is this, were you auditing the course? What What is happening that a college professor is saying, just let's give him a chance. We had, we've had over a year now. Of listening to Donald Trump and his hatred and his racism and his misogyny and his xenophobia to know what kind of man he is. There is cause to, for alarm. Right. And people had hoped that he would change. Yes. Right. When he was elected and actually assumed the office. But it's clear that that's not happening either because he's still tweeting about TV ratings. Ugh. He is still attacking the media. Yes. Still talking about crowd sizes. Yes. I mean, for the love of God, he cannot let things go. Still. Not only that, but what's alarming to me is the things that, you know, the, the latter part of the election leading up to November 8th, I was, I was convinced he wasn't going to do the wall because of the off-the-record conversation he had with the New York Times. Right. So many things that I was like, ah, He's just saying all this shit to actually get elected, and then who knows what's going to happen. Well, now we know this fucker is doing all of the things that he said he was going to do. Right. He's signing them. Listen. Ugh. Three to four executive orders a day. Yeah. He's got a Republican Congress, and he's, st <laughs> he's using the tool of an embattled president. He's using the tool of a president who has the opposition party 
in Congress. Well, what the fuck is going on? I need to calm down. I don't have answers. I don't have answers for you. Listen, John, you do need to get involved at your local level. Go, go call. You, there is an office. There is a physical place to go for your local county Democratic office. Go down there and ask them, how can I get involved? What can I do? If that's not your flavor, then find a local activism group to get involved with, whether it be you know, immigrant issues or whatever your particular interest is. There is an office somewhere. At least, at the very least, there's a phone number to call to ask them what their events are, where you can go, who you can meet, and what you can do. But listen, I, I think it's awesome. I think it's wonderful that you're, you're fired up enough to even be asking the question. Don't sit on it. Go do it. Go get involved. And again, don't start a podcast. All right. Good morning, Jesse. This is Mike Chandler. I find it appalling. It is embarrassing to even to think that no one understood that when he became president, you had to look into all of the things that he had personal interest in. And by him signing this executive order to continue the work on the pipeline shows you exactly the type of president that he plans to use his executive powers for. He should be impeached immediately. This is just one of the many transgressions and the fears of many people that a person of his, uh, I don't even say demeanor, but thank you for bringing this to our attention. It is bad. It is a very much a tragedy to the Sioux people and the folks out there in Standing Rock, it is, and especially the veterans that showed up. It's, it's completely devastating to even know that this man signed this. But thank you. Listen, I did do a Dollar More Daily video on YouTube about this the other day, and this is the kind of thing that we were fearing. Even before Donald Trump got elected, Energy Transfer Partners put out a press release that said, look, we don't give a shit about what Obama did and what the Army Corps of Engineers did. We're moving forward as though this didn't happen, as though this decision wasn't made, as though these permits were not canceled. And now they've got the backing of Donald Trump, who very likely owns stock in both Energy Transfer Partners of about a million dollars, it's been estimated, and Philip 66, about a quarter million dollars. Plus the fact that the CEO, whose name is escaping me, his last name is Warren, the CEO of Energy Transfer Partners, donated $100,000 to Donald Trump's campaign effort. That's, how, that's what I, I spell collusion. The fix is fucking in, folks. This is the first of many, many instances to come of the conflicts of interest, the hundreds of conflicts of interests rearing their ugly head. Donald Trump's going to profit, very likely going to profit. And I say very likely because the reason we're not sure is because this dick won't release his tax returns. We don't know. We don't know from what he's profited. We don't know exactly the width and breadth of the reach of his financial interests. Yeah, but according to his supporters, he just loves this country. So he's a successful <laughs> businessman who right. gave up his job making a lot of money because he loves the country. Yeah, and he loves it so much that all of those um, Make America Great Again hats were made in fucking China. Listen, if that's or, successful... Me, China. If that successful businessman 
can do something good for the country that's going to hurt his pocketbook, then he's going to do that because he loves America. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Listen, That's Brittany, what successful businessmen do. He has an ironclad failsafe in place that those two inbred mouth-breathing sons of his... Ah, <sighs> uh, Dad... <laughs> Oh God! They're Stop. in charge. They're Stop. in charge of the business. Uh-huh. He, they're not going to talk about it at meals. No, 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 no. no that would be improper. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, please. That would be very imp- at the very least in poor taste, and the very, very most illegal. Yeah. We all know Donald Trump doesn't do things that are illegal, like write the letter C on rental applications for black people or colored people, which is what the C stood for. Mm-hmm. Who are these fucking people? Well, I've been... Who are still clinging on. I've been upset. White knuckle grip. Because I've been getting into a lot of Facebook debates again. I was doing good for again, a while. Again? It's like your addiction. I was doing... So you need a fucking 12-step program for getting into Facebook debates. No, everything has One been... One day at a time, Brittany. One yeah. day at a time. Okay. So I got deleted again today, and... <laughs> <laughs> it happens a lot. And I just, I wonder how many Trump supporters, you know, they do that uh, jaywalking or whatever it is. It's, it's not that anymore. Whatever I don't think it is he's now. been a host for a few years. <laughs> yeah. So whatever it is that they do now. Um, jaywalking. If, if I were to ask, just <laughs> surprise. Are you? Surprise a Trump Harkening supporter. Harkening <laughs> back to Jay Leno. If Didn't I were to. Johnny Carson do a bit back in the day. <laughs> If I were to surprise a Trump supporter on the street and just say, can you just name a Supreme Court justice for me? I wonder how many would be able to tell me one. Oh, my God. Oh, there's the black guy. Uh, There's the Jew. And listen, I know I'm generalizing quite a bit, but I'm... I'm talking about the people that I've been talking to recently that that claim to know what's going on and they have no idea what's going on. They know nothing about the government. They know nothing about politics. You you were in in a discussion today with someone Uh who uttered the phrase, if he wants to be a dictator, let him be a dictator. He can choose to be one. That's right. Mm -hmm. This is what we're dealing with, folks. Yeah. Look, they're not Nazis. They're just real, real dumb. Ugh. All right. If you too would like to sound off, call the show, communicate with us, 657-464-7609. Or of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Now, this is where I would normally play our little Patreon mid-roll, which reminds you very gently with a British lady to uh, if you have some extra dollars, pennies, dimes, you could give to the show. However, we have a listener who called in with her own little commercial. Huh, kind of like that. Hey guys, it's Carissa from PA. I just wanted to address the listeners real quick. Um, I've been giving to Jesse and Brittany's show for quite a while now, and it's well worth it. I know we're all not looking forward to the next four years. And in response to that, we've probably all increased our booze and possibly recreational or prescription drug medication budgets. What I'm going to ask you to do is go ahead and tithe, as it were, from those budgets and send a little money, as little of that money to Jesse and Brittany so they can continue making, I doubt it, with Dollamore. Because you know how bad it is when you miss one episode 
and we are going to need them these next four years. Um, if they mean anything to you, this is my plea to you. Um, they had no part in having me do this. I just, you know, I love when my money goes to something that I can see a result from, and, you know, to me it's really worth it. So if you can throw a little money their way, I would say go ahead and do it. Plus you get a free sticker. How, how can you turn down a free sticker? Anyway, guys, love the show. And, of course, Brittany's the best part. But, Jesse, you're starting to grow on me. <laughs> Mushrooms grow on things. I don't know that i growing <laughs> on you. Ah. Listen, uh, Carissa, thank you very much. We appreciate that. It, that's spectacular. It always makes Brittany uncomfortable when people say things like, and they didn't put me up to this. Because I always say things kind of like that. Oh, you know, we didn't blah, blah, blah. She's looking at me like, ah, again, the daggers. Mm -hmm. But we appreciate our listeners very much. You guys are the best. And we wouldn't be doing what we're doing without the support of our audience. And we are very quickly approaching that $250 per episode mark. And when that happens, we're going to start doing three episodes a week. Yes. Saying that now is a little bit... It may seem disingenuous because we skipped last episode. But that was because the power was going out. Yeah, that we didn't mention that. Or I, we mentioned it on Facebook. That really was going on. The power was flickering. Right. And listen, I'm already in the midst of almost losing my goddamn mind. <laughs> I, I, if the power is to go out in the middle of a show and then the, the mixer cuts out and the uh, we have to start. Listen, you as an audience don't want to deal with that. Brittany certainly does. I would firebomb my own fucking place that I live in <laughs> if that were to take place. So uh -huh. we skipped. That is what we did. Anyway, thank you guys. We love you. If you too would like to 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 donate to the show to help us out, go to dollamore.com. On the left-hand side of the page, it says support the show. And there's all kinds of ways to do it. We appreciate you. But we do have, I think, some some new Patreon and PayPal supporters. Yes. Jen. Jen. And Amy. Amy. Yes. Jen and Amy. Thank you so much. You're awesome. The ladies. Yes. Starting to come out in force. Ladies represent. Represent. Yes. All right. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. All right. Well, before we move on into all of the alternative facts that have been offered up by the Donald Trump administration, let's let's first get to something that I don't know why I'm laughing because it's fucking very serious. But Mike Flynn, General Mike Flynn, former Army General Mike Flynn, is now officially under investigation for his communication with the, I almost said Soviet, with the Russian ambassador before the inauguration of Donald Trump. Here in Washington, our chief national security correspondent, Jim Shudo, and our justice correspondent, Evan Perez, are both joining us right now. Jim, bring us up to speed on what you have learned. Well, this is what we know. U.S. investigators are scrutinizing late December phone calls between Mike Flynn, President Donald Trump's national security advisor, and Russia's ambassador to the U.S. This is part of a broader counterintelligence investigation of Russian activities here in the U.S. Law enforcement and intelligence officials are telling CNN. The calls were captured by routine U.S. eavesdropping targeting the Russian diplomats, according to the intelligence and law enforcement officials, but the officials say that some of the content 
of the conversation drew enough potential concerns that investigators are still looking into the discussions. This amid a broader concern about Russian intelligence gathering activities here in the United States. The officials all stressed, I should say, that so far there has been no determination of wrongdoing. And Wolf, we should also note that it was the Wall Street Journal that was first to report that these calls were being investigated. Jim, stand by for a second. Evan, why was the U.S. monitoring these phone calls to begin with? Well, Wolf, the, the calls were heard in the course of monitoring of communications of Russian diplomats. According to the U.S. officials we've talked to, the U.S. intelligence agencies routinely capture communications of senior foreign officials, including those based in the United States. Now, we know that the FBI and the intelligence agencies uh, briefed members of the Obama White House team before President Obama left office about the Flynn phone calls with the Russian ambassadors, according to the sources we've talked to. In a statement Sunday night, a spokesman for President Trump said that the White House, quote, has absolutely no knowledge of any investigation or even a basis for such an investigation. Wolf? Jim, do we know anything about the actual calls and why they're now getting this attention? Well, among the communications that are now being scrutinized were calls between Russia's ambassador to the U.S., Sergei Kislak, and Flynn on December 29th. The calls coming on the very same day that the U.S. announced further sanctions against Russia and also the expulsion of a group of 35 Russian diplomats that the U.S. at the time accused of spying for Russia. And Evan, does uh, the uh, Donald Trump uh, White House, the team there, have anything to say about these reports, as you noted, first in the Wall Street Journal and now this new report uh, from CNN? Well, Wolf, these calls first came to light uh, actually several weeks ago in a Washington Post column by David Ignatius. At the time, a Trump official told CNN that Flynn and Kislyak, the, the Russian ambassador, did not discuss the Russian sanctions. Instead, Trump officials said that the call focused on the logistics of connecting Trump and Russian President Vladimir Putin after the inauguration for a phone conversation. But we also know that, according to Trump officials, that the two have communicated before that, including in the wake of the shooting of the Russian ambassador in Turkey, in which Flynn was expressing condolences. But the men also exchanged holiday pleasantries via text message on December 28th. Again, this is all according to Trump officials themselves who are trying to explain the reason for these communications, Wolf. All right, uh, Evan Perez uh, and Jim Shudo, guys, thanks for that reporting. First of all, I am sorry to have inflicted blitz. <laughs> the famed Wolf Blitzer on you so much. I try to avoid Wolf Blitzer clips because... Well, it's Wolf Blitzer. Come on. It's very, there's a very dulcet tone to his monotonous ramblings that would drive you to sleep. However, look, I don't want to go as far as to call Mike Flynn a, co a, a, a traitor, coward, just Whoa. rolls right off the, right off the tongue. Sound like you were going to say something else. No, not, no. Not that. Nope. Because you don't like that. Well. You don't like it said I, on the show. I do like it, but it's. <laughs> Yes, it's a fine word, but not all the time on the show. I don't want to call him a traitor because he spent, you know, the, 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 a large portion of his life serving his country, ascending to the rank of general, some level of general in the United States Army. So I think he does have a love for country. But there are very suspect goings on here relative to his involvement with Russia prior to his involvement with the, with the Donald Trump campaign. And I believe that the reason Mike Flynn was picked to be the national security director is because of his, his relationship with Russia after having served in the United States Army. 
That is problematic. And it is a good thing that the FBI has chosen to investigate these phone calls. There was one part of it, one one phrase that, that struck me, and that is the the routine monitoring of Russian diplomats. L- let me <laughs> let me put this to rest. That's it's not routine. It is constant. If a call leaves the Russian embassy out of DC or any consulate in the United States, that fucking call is listened to. That call is recorded. So they they don't they didn't miss a call between Mike Flynn and his cell phone and the texts that were sent on Christmas Day and trying to organize meetings. They know exactly fucking what went down. Well, it's good because the Donald Trump administration is on the case. <laughs> well, that's a problem. Yeah, White House spokeswoman Sarah Sanders said Sunday that the Trump administration, quote, has absolutely no knowledge of any investigation or even a basis for such an investigation. Right. Perfect. Well, we do know that James Comey, FBI director, slanter of elections, lifelong Republican, also James Comey. Also very, very tall man. Super tall guy. Every time I see him, I'm like, wow, that guy's tall. He is tall. freakish. Like when he walked, when when Donald Trump blew him a kiss in the in the White House or wherever they were, uh-huh. and James Comey came walking over, lumbering over. <laughs> Donald Trump, he's, he's as tall as me. He's six foot three. Is he? Yeah. And and James Comey, it's like walking into a room with fucking Kareem Abdul-Abdul. <laughs> It's like walking into a room with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar mm-hmm. and he towers over you. Yeah. Maybe I just should have said Shaq. That would have been great. <laughs> it was a little tough for you to say. I'm not going to edit that out now. Well, I, I, I repeated it like I was going to edit it out, but yeah. now that we've talked about it. Yeah. We're just, 35 minutes and we're 36 minutes and 10 seconds in. Mm-hmm. It, it stays. Yeah. All right. So Donald Trump has decided to keep James Comey on. Though. That that's, is right. That's yeah. the whole point of that. <laughs> well, he he could ask for his resignation, but James Comey is in the middle of a 10-year stint as the FBI director. Mm-hmm. You don't just get a fucking fire willy-nilly. I mean, there would have to be a cause. Right. Well, the New York Times is also reporting that keeping James Comey would spare Donald Trump another difficult confirmation battle. Right. Well, not only that, but... It seems, and this is biased of me, but it seems that it would be somewhat of a reward for for tossing the election in Donald Trump's favor after what James Comey did with the releasing of the non-issue, mm-hmm. the, all of the emails that they already knew existed that they found on possible child predator Anthony Weiner's laptop. Mm-hmm. So... It's a, a little bit of reward, a little, little, uh, little, little, little benefit. Uh huh. Little, little treat. Mm, yeah, a little snack. <laughs> Which I wish I had. Right All now. right. Well, let, we're, we're done with that. Let's move on. We're not done with that. We're going to follow up on that. But Sean Spicer, listen. It's clear to me after the first few days of 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 Donald Trump's administration, from the inauguration on. The Sean Spicer is going to be a guy we talk about a lot. I think I'm going to have an entire soundboard of, of Sean Spicer being a fucking idiot. And also, let me say this. I don't think he's going to last very long in this job. He's not well suited for the scrutiny of press secretary for the White House. I'm just remembering this tweet that I saw. 
and it had a picture of Sean Spicer. And it said, Sean Spicer looks like the guy in the group of survivors that hides the fact he was bitten by a zombie. Yes. And the picture that accompanies this tweet is amazing. Yeah, he's like sweaty, it, he pale. He totally looks yeah. like that. It, yeah. It's amazing. But I also read this report on him where he said he eats two and a half packs of cinnamon orbit gum uh, before noon. Eats them. Oh, it swallows it. Swallows the gum. Ugh, that. Uh, what is he doing? And he said his doctor is fine with this. Get a new well, doctor. I mean, listen. <laughs> Figure that out. That can't be he good. He clearly didn't have an Obamacare doctor, right? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Who is his doctor? He, I don't think gum is going to hurt. I mean, in my expert medical opinion, Brittany... I don't Great. think gum. <laughs> I don't think gum is gonna is gonna fuck you up. It just dissolves in your stomach. It's just gum after all. Jesus, However, eating two and a half packs of gum. Im- imagine this. Put your hand out, and imagine having two and a half packs of Orbit gum in your hand, and then imagine that being in your stomach. Cinnamon gum. Yeah, it's even worse. What's That's wrong with That's a gut them? bomb. It's a bummer. That's just acid, just right in your fucking place that the stuff goes when you get done eating it <laughs> yeah that's really good wow i am on top <laughs> great, of my game great today. medical advice awesome i told you i'm a, I'm a trained physician yeah we can tell it's the place the where place, the stuff goes the acid, yeah. when you get done eating it yeah how dare you Brittany? don't question my medical knowledge okay i'm an anatomist is that a thing mm, i it doesn't <laughs> sound like it all right well we're di- we're all over the place here so the day after the election Sean Spicer comes out, and he doesn't hold a, 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 a press briefing. It's not a press conference where the questions are asked. He comes out, and he launches into a fucking diatribe, an attack on the media. Here's part of it. Secondly, photographs of the inaugural proceedings were intentionally framed in a way, in one particular tweet, to minimize the enormous support that had gathered on the National Mall. This was the first time in our nation... <laughs> All right. Is it me or is this guy the worst fucking actor in the world? Because <laughs> when you watch this, he didn't want to be here. No. He did not want to be there. He didn't want to read. This is a fucking hostage video is what this is. He did not have enough cinnamon gum before this happened. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe that's it. There was just not enough Orbit cinnamon gum. Not enough. Orbitine. Mm-hmm. See what I did there? I did. Orbitine within the the stomach socket. Yeah. Uh- These are all <laughs> medical terms, Brittany. Do not question me. Jesus history that floor coverings have been used to protect the grass in the mall that had the effect of highlighting any areas where people were not standing while in years past the grass eliminated this visual this is also the first time that fencing and magnetometers so let's stop and fact check right yeah um that's kind of what we do right so that was a lie I mean, in between of me laying on some sweet medical knowledge on the audience right uh that was a lie the first time that ground coverings were used were actually in 2013, I believe. And if you were on Twitter while this was going on... Which, oh God. Listen, if you're not on Twitter... <laughs> need to get on Twitter. You need to get your ass in gear and correct all of your life mistakes. Get on Twitter, not just because you can follow us at I Doubt It Podcast. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. God, this is professional over here. Not only because of that, but because there is good shit on Twitter. Well, you have people like uh, Ashley Killow. Sorry, I'm so sorry about your name that I can't say it. And she tweeted, Spicer said this was the first time floor coverings were used on the National Mall. 
I took this photo at the inauguration in 2013 and she put the photo up. So you have journalists that are, here's a photo I took. I was literally there. He's lying. I think Donald Trump believes that he is the president of a nation of, of Amish people who don't have cameras and don't have access to technology like 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 video and, and audio because he clearly runs his administration like that so far. The other thing is the, 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 the lie that he's in the middle of right now in my pause moment, which is the magnetometers. They talked to a Secret Service agent who said, oh, yeah, no, we've, we didn't have magnetometers where he said we did. That's just, that's just not true. When it's far back on the wall, preventing hundreds of thousands of people from being able to access the mall as quickly as they had in inaugurations past. Inaccurate numbers involving crowd size were also tweeted. No one had numbers because the National Park Service, which controls the National Mall, does not put any out. By the way, this applies to any attempts to try to count the number of protesters today in the same fashion. We do know a few things, so let's go through the facts. We know that from the platform the where facts, the president Brittany. was sworn in to 4th Street holds about 250,000 people. From 4th Street to the media tent is about another 220,000. And from the media tent... Wait a minute. How does he know that those spaces hold that many people if it is impossible to estimate <laughs> crowd size? Right. How, well, how would that... Well, he is a warlock. He must be some kind of a magician. Well, he also thinks that just because a, an area can hold so many people that that number of people are oh, in that yeah, area. That's, a, that's you're you're smarter cuz I was I was going the warlock route and you're actually thinking critically. To the Washington Monument, another another 250,000 people. All of this space was full when the president took the oath of office. We know that 420,000 people used the D.C. Metro public transit yesterday. Not true. Which actually compares to 307. His metro numbers are fucking way off because the, the, the D.C. Metro, they did release the numbers. And I don't have them in front of me. I believe I have them. Oh, well, there we go. See, Brittany is quick on her feet. So 783,000 trips for Obama in 2013, more than double Spicer's figure, and 571,000 for Trump in 2017. There were 1.1 million trips for Obama in 2009, the biggest day in Metro's history. The number for Trump is actually lower than the average weekly ridership of 639,000 trips. (laughs) And let me tell you something. Sorry. Listen, having lived in D.C. for many years... And having ridden the Metro hundreds and hundreds of times, that's a big deal when you have a, a massive event like a presidential inauguration and ridership is less than just a normal business day. Well, let's also say that this is a prepared statement from Sean Spicer. Yeah, yeah. And it is filled with lies. Yes. That could have easily been fact-checked or honestly aren't even important enough to be discussing I mean, I can't even believe he's talking about this shit. Right. Well, he, he didn't even allow for questions. It was just he's barking at the press, and then he walked away. 15,000 that used it for President Obama's last inaugural. This was the largest audience to ever witness an inauguration, period. No. Nope. Both in person and around the globe. Wrong. Even the New York Times printed a, photo- a photograph showing the, that a, a misrepresentation of the crowd in the original tweet in their paper, which showed the full extent of the support, depth, and crowd and intensity that existed. These attempts to lessen the enthusiasm of the inauguration are shameful 
and wrong. So Nielsen ratings for the inauguration coverage, 30.6 million television viewers in the United States watched Trump swearing in, 19% below the audience of 37.8 million for Obama's 2009 inauguration. Right. So biggest audience? We don't know. Well, here's the, then they claim, they come out and talk about internet numbers. Oh, no, no, no. Streaming. So many more people. How do you get those numbers? Well, and apparently the record holder for inauguration TV audience remains Ronald Reagan, who attracted 41.8 million viewers in 1981. Right. My boy. (laughs) The president was also at the central, as you know, the president was at the Central Intelligence Agency today and greeted by a raucous overflow crowd of some 400 plus CIA employees. There were over a thousand requests (laughs) to attend, prompting the president to note that he'll have to come back to greet the rest. Oh my the God. employees were ecstatic that he's the new commander-in-chief, and he delivered them an powerful and important message. He told them he has their back, and they were grateful for that. They gave him a five-minute standing ovation at the end <laughs> in a display of their patriotism and their enthusiasm for his presidency. Who in the fuck does this remind you of? Oh, my God. What is this? Are we all going to have to get the same haircut as Donald Trump, that too? Is, right. <laughs> this is like 1930s fucking Germany. What is happening? And I don't want to, you know, Godwin's Law or Goodwin's Law or where the fuck it is about invoking the name of Hitler. But this is Propaganda 101. Maybe that's the, the class John was in. That's what this is. They were... They're, they were pledging their undying loyalty to our new leader, Donald Trump, Yeah, who, who golfed an 18 on an 18-hole golf course like Kim Jong-un. Are you fucking high? Five minutes of applause, really? So th- we're going to get into this now. We're going to get into all the bullshit about him hiring people to come in with him. 40 people, it's estimated, came in and sat in the front few rows and led... The choruses of applause for Donald Trump <laughs> in his stupid, ridiculous speech that was disrespectful while standing in front of the memorial wall of the CIA of the anonymous men and women who have sacrificed their lives in service of their country anonymously in the service of the secret CIA, the covert operations. Where he talked about his crowd size again yeah and his war with the media and how we should have another opportunity to steal the oil right what a dirty fucking clown well before we get to that because i'm jumping the gun because that apparently after almost 300 numbered episodes that's what i do kellyanne conway was on with chuck todd and now there's a new there's a new term in our lexicon alternative facts then explain you did not answer the question. Why did the president send out his press secretary, who's not just the spokesperson for Donald Trump, he could be the, he is also serves as the spokesperson for all of America at times. He speaks for all of the country at times. Why put him out there the, for the very first time in front of that podium to utter a provable falsehood? It's a small thing, but the first time he confronts the public, it's a falsehood? Chuck, I mean, if we're going to keep referring to our press secretary in those types of terms, I think that we're going to have to rethink our relationship here. I want to have. So she starts it with a threat. Yeah. She starts off with a fucking threat 
to meet the press. Yeah. So if you're going to continue to ask me questions that I don't want to be asked, we're just going to have to shut this down. So listen, she's not sitting down with Jesse goddamn Dollamore if I doubt it with Dollamore. It's Chuck Todd. Mm-hmm. It's NBC News. It's meet the press. This is a storied organization, a storied news program. And she started off with a threat. I do want to say, I, I'm not sure how I feel about the term falsehoods. I think that a stronger term should and should be used. Well, I, you know, I've thought about that because when I first heard it, I thought the same thing. But there isn't a difference between falsehood and lie. Lie Techn- sounds better. It does sound better, but there's no sounds difference. stronger. There is no difference, though. Sounds stronger. <laughs> it's a fact. Sounds stronger. Open relationship with our press. But look what happened the day before, talking about falsehoods. We allowed the press spray to come, the press to come into the Oval Office and witness President Trump signing executive orders. And uh, of course, you know, the Senate had just confirmed General Mattis and General Kelly to their two posts. And we allow the press in. And what happens almost immediately? A falsehood is told about. That's the other thing. That little, that little turn of phrase, we allow them in. Let me tell you something, Skeletor. You don't allow the press in. They have a constitutional obligation to cover the president of the United States. Listen, she can fuck straight off because <laughs> she's out of her goddamn mind if she thinks this shit is going to work. Removing the bust of Martin Luther King Jr. from right. the Oval Office. That, no, that's just flat out false. And, the and it was corrected writer, immediately. But why, Chuck, but why was it said? No, Chuck, I mean, why was it said in the first place? Because everybody know. is so presumptively climb, negative. Climb the head of that no, reporter. that it's okay. No, excuse Ms. me. Oh, no, 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 no. That reporter was writing to the, uh, on behalf of the press pool. That... So he says, yeah, and it, an apology was issued immediately. It was corrected. And that's true. Yeah, immediately. And she sa- she doesn't care about that. But the thing is, we've never gotten an apology from Donald Trump about anything he said. The only thing he ever apologized for was his, again, his hostage video where he had to apologize for grabbing the pussy. Oh, um, so, right. I apologize to the American people for my behavior that was said in private. Then he makes all of the accommodations for his argument. Yeah. Otherwise, no apologies. That's right. But now they want all the apologies? Really? You know, the other thing is the fact that the media is going to have to be on their toes now. They have to be very careful. Right. Because moments like this where a reporter fucks up and says something that's wrong, it's going to get a lot. It's going to carry a lot more weight. Yeah. It's going to reverberate for a lot longer. Right. Than a normal news cycle because they're going to hold on to this. Forever. For, for probably weeks, they're going to they're gonna be dragging this out that this reporter happened to tweet one fucking thing that happened to be wrong. They're going to ignore the immediate apology right. and create this, this adversarial relationship that really doesn't exist to the level that they want it to. And so will his supporters. That, uh, more so than anything. That falsehood got spread 3,000 times but it does before not it was excuse, corrected. Excuse and me, it's it still does out- not. 3,000 times before it was corrected. Donald Trump tweets, and in a matter of seconds, he has 3,000 retweets. Right. Skeletor, come on. Uh, excuse, and you did not answer the question. I did you, answer no, your question. No, you did not. You did yes, not answer did. the question of why the president asked the White House press secretary to come out in front of the podium for the first time and utter a falsehood. 
Why did he do that? It undermines the credibility of the entire White House press office no, on day don't one. Be so, don't be so overly dramatic about it, Chuck. What it, it, you're saying it's a falsehood, and they're giving Sean Spicer, our press secretary, gave alternative facts to that. But the point <laughs> remains Alternative facts? Alternative facts, four of the five facts he uttered. The hey, one Chuck, thing he why, got hey, right Chuck. was Zeke Miller. Four of the five facts he uttered were just not true. Look, alternative facts are not facts. They're falsehoods. Chuck, do you think it's a fact or not that millions of people have lost oh their, their plans or health insurance and their doctors under President Obama? Do you think it's a fact that everything we heard from these women yesterday happened on the watch of Barack Obama? He was president for eight years. Donald and Trump's then, of course, she just goes on to this pivot, this random, rambling pivot about health care and everything else. Right. And it didn't work. Chuck Todd did bring her back. We're not going to play it because... You get the point. Well, I don't know why she even tried because it's so easy. <laughs> well, why is Donald Trump going and speaking in front of the memorial wall talking about a crowd size? Why is Sean Spicer talking about the crowd size? You guys could be talking about health care. You guys right. could be talking about all the shit that you're bringing that up. That is exactly right. What I love more than anything, and I won't call her Skeletor because it's really starting to bother you. I get the daggers every time, is the pause right before she says alternative facts and then while he attacks her back like what what the fuck? what <laughs> then you can see the 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 panic wash over her she flips her hair back nervously right and it was clear she knew yes she had shit the bed yes and they're giving sean spicer our press secretary gave alternative facts <laughs> Amazing. Look, I'm not the only one. Listen to Chuck Todd's reaction. Alternative facts. In fact, on the rest of the clip that I'm not going to play for you because it's just it's far too entertaining. You know, I don't I like to provide a little bit of entertainment, but uh, not too much. Yeah. She attacks him for you shouldn't be laughing at me and tries to again just anything she can do. Yeah, no, he should absolutely be laughing at oh, her. Oh yeah. That's for sure. Totally fine. All right, well, we're moving on, and we're trying to do this in chronological order so you can have an understanding of what took place. Sean Spicer, he got grilled over the CIA thing that I kind of blew my wad on earlier and talked about him bringing... You hate that term, don't you? It's a great term, <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> bringing 40 people with him to, to, to cover the first two rows or so of his speech before the memorial wall of the CIA... And he got grilled by reporters about it. Yes, sir. Just go back to one other thing. Yes. Sources are telling CBS News, those with knowledge of who was in the room and the lobby of the CIA, that senior leadership were not among those hooting and hollering and that there were some 40 people who were in the first front rows who were uh, brought in by Trump and Pence and Pompeo. I'd like to give you a chance to respond to that reporting. I don't think that's accurate at all. In fact, I think if you listen to the audio of it, you can hear the excitement that exists there. There were some people that had to be off camera for obvious reasons. But I think when you looked at the number of people that were there, the audio alone tells, tell, you know, speaks volumes to what had happened. Um, I, don't, I don't think that there's any question about that. So the, the people in the, in the front who were seated on camera, those were CIA employees? I, I, honestly, I don't have a seating chart. Um, I think we had a very small footprint going over there. I don't know exactly who went over, but I, I don't know, maybe 10 people at most. Sarah, was there? 10? Yeah. We're, we're in the travel going over. So 10 of 400. But plus. The, people, the people were in the front rows, those were CIA employees. 
Some. Some. Some or not? I'm sure we seated. I don't. I, I can't say. I look. I'm not really sure why this matters. I mean, ten oh, people didn't yell you that don't, loud. Huh? Yeah, they were. There's not this rift between the intelligence community and the uh -huh. president, because senior authorities within the intelligence community are telling CBS News that they're uncomfortable with that portrayal, and then the notion that people within the CIA. Are I, 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 all I can do is tell you to listen to the tape alone. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get to the senior CIA officials who indicated that they're uncomfortable with what took place in Donald Trump, president of the United States. Donald Trump's speech. But, but before we do, again, I would just like to be an early adopter of the opinion that Sean Spicer's not going to fucking last here. The stomach filled with gum Sean Spicer isn't going to, he doesn't have what it takes. I also want to point out that to Sean Spicer's right, at the door where he enters the room to the, to the press corps, is seated Kellyanne Conway and some other administration officials, and also Amarosa, <laughs> the fucking reality TV hag. Amarosa is sitting there with a position, an official position within the Donald Trump administration. Mm -hmm. How does that fucking make you feel, America? Well, Donald Trump was asked how things have been going in the White House, you know, how he feels about spending the night there. And he said, quote, pure elegance. Oh, elegance. And I think that mm. can also describe Omarosa. <laughs> right? right? She's a very elegant woman. It's elegance, pure elegance, the White House. Yeah. It's not the people's house. And I'm just humbled yeah. to be here. I know. It's, oh, it's so fancy. He can't even pretend. Yeah. He can't even pretend. Can I, can I say it? Nah, I'm Donald scared. Trump is a goddamn cunt. There it is, folks. All right. No disclaimer. Let's. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. The views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be done, apparently. Yeah, well, I mean, I agree. Maybe, maybe, it's just we, that, should, um, maybe we shouldn't have an intro anymore where, yeah, I'm not a or whatever the guy says. I wrote it, but it's been a long time. Uh, maybe I should just play that. That should be the intro to the show. The views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollimore are solely those of Jesse Dollimore and do not reflect those of Brittany Page. Listen, I'm just as radical as you. It's just when, oh, we're, you when are, the mics huh? are off. Yeah. Well, you need to you need to own it then. <laughs> Live up to it. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, let's end with this. We got a, We got an asshole today. We do. But let's end democracy with this. Related to the disrespect and the lack of concern for his tone and humility and the seriousness of the spot in which he stood giving his speech before the CIA. They weren't happy. Higher level officials of the CIA, were, they were not happy about it. And here is JTAP, Jake Tapper and Jim Shuto over at CNN discussing that very matter. Donald Trump, the president of the United States, just wrapped up a visit to CIA headquarters in Langley, Virginia, where he spoke to agency employees and took the opportunity to hammer reporters and address questions about the size of the crowds at yesterday's inauguration. Let's bring in CNN's chief national security correspondent, uh, Jim Shuto. Uh, and, and Jim, one would think 
that uh, after literally years of bashing intelligence officials and their work, um, sometimes not without cause, by the way, uh, that he might seek this opportunity to talk about them and their risking of lives. He was standing in front of the CIA memorial wall with those anonymous stars behind him. But instead, he talked about reporters. Well, he talked about pretty much everything else, right? Of his reporters, he talked about favorable news coverage from Fox. He talked about the crowd sizes yesterday, uh, a whole host of things, really from the sort of Donald Trump uh, greatest hits list of of, uh, rally-like comments, as opposed to this kind of visit, which seemed to have the intention of going to the intelligence community after this rocky relationship, really reaching a peak after his election, these nasty tweets comparing the intelligence community to Nazi Germany, many others, uh, criticizing and questioning their assessment of Russian interference in the election. It would have been very easy to go there and say, you guys are hard, hard working. You take a lot of risks. I support you. He did say that mixed in with a lot of other stuff. And, and frankly, and I've been getting texts and emails about this from intelligence professionals, to do it in front of that memorial wall, 117 stars there of many of them unknown intelligence agents who gave their lives in battle, to make it a rally kind of speech with a lot of offhand, some attempted, attempts at humor, was disrespectful in their view. Uh, and I think understandably so. And, and I have to say, it was not coincidence that that was the spot chosen for the president to speak before, in front of those stars, under the words, those who gave their lives for their country. And, and I'll tell you, I'm sure you have this often happen when, you, when you're covering an event on the air, you, you will get texts or emails from people inside the communities you cover. My phone has been lighting up with, with folks who were just insulted by it. Yeah, and in fact, uh, the, I think we have some of the sound of uh, President Trump talking uh, about reporters. Uh, let's roll that. That, as you know, I have a running war with the media. They are among the most dishonest human beings on earth. <laughs> but, Again, the forty people in the audience, and they sort of made it sound like I had a feud with the. Because why in the fuck would the CIA have a- any response to applaud that? Applaud with glee about his war with media. Yeah, it's insane. The CIA. Yeehaw, everybody! Fuck the media! Yeah, CNN! Crooked CNN! That's not, that's not their role. They are serious people who deal with serious threats and have the weight of intelligence on their fucking shoulders. These are the people who know everything. These aren't people who play games, political games. Think about this, though. He brought people with him to laugh and cheer. Yes. I mean, that is terrifying. Yes. To fool people into believing that he's important or saying things that matter. Listen, he's not there. There was a lot of stuff planned for this episode that got that got dropped. There, there were there were some voicemails. There were some emails and there were also some other things from the last episode we didn't get to like the the Senate confirmation hearings. We still had the rest of the Betsy DeVos stuff and there's Mulvaney and all this other stuff that's happening. But I wanted specifically to talk about the propaganda arm. The operation of propaganda that is taking place within the White House of this United States. The administration of the President of the United States. Who has several alt-right white supremacists on staff. That while he's signing these executive orders. This gaggle of goons. This 
evil bunch of people are looking on gleefully as he likely violates the Constitution. Listen, this is going to be a running theme. And we're going to be talking about this for a long time. So just buckle up. Because this is going to be a long four years or at least until there's information and justification to impeach this clown. Ugh. All right. Before we go, Brittany has some good, good stuff. It's the asshole of today. Russia. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't have to go far, but Russia apparently is the asshole of today. Why specifically today are they the asshole? Well, Russian lawmakers on Wednesday moved to decriminalize some forms of domestic battery for first-time offenders who do not do serious physical harm to Uh, their victims. Are you fucking kidding me? Obviously, that's rhetorical. mm -hmm. This is the same country that outlaws homosexuality and and doesn't criminalize the 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 battering of gays why why would they want to support women so an amendment to the russian criminal code in its second reading um was passed which essentially assures it will go to president vladimir putin for his signature the amendment treats a first conviction for domestic battery as an administrative offense carrying a penalty of five hundred dollars or 15 days in jail if mr putin this is a new york times article signs the measure into law only injuries like concussions or broken bones or repeated offenses committed in a family setting would lead to criminal charges in a family setting Mm -hmm. god damn yeah well hey good to go russia staying on the on the forefront of human rights yeah of women's rights asshole of today and, you know, pretty much every day. Yeah, but I would also like to note that Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin are fans of one another. Super pals. So he'll be signing this, and I hope that Donald Trump says something about it. You know, that'd be great if the president of the United States would say something about Since this. Since he loves women, he said multiple times how yeah, much he loves right. the women. Well, this is a human rights issue, right? Especially the ones who let him grab their pussy because he's a star. Yeah. And you can do whatever you want when you're a, when you're a star. Yeah. Sean Spicer has the Orbit gum. Donald Trump has the Tic Tacs. Everybody has a preference. <laughs> you know. A lot of mintiness in this new administration. <laughs> a lot of fresh breath in the White House. <laughs> Not a lot of morals, but that's all right. All right. Well, we're going to leave you there. We appreciate you guys. Thank you very much for supporting us as much as you do. If you'd like to support us by listening more than twice a week or as often as you do, Again, go to dollamore.com on the left-hand side of the page. There's the link. It says support the show. There, you can go to Patreon or PayPal or Amazon. And actually, there's a new link that we've talked about a few times, and we only have a handful of mugs left. You can go to dollamore.com slash shop, and you can buy a handful of stickers if you have really, really small hands like Donald Trump, or uh, a mug. And again, the mugs, they're not worth 20 fucking dollars. That is ridiculous. But it is a way for you to get something in return other than the grating sound of my voice for $20. We love you. We appreciate you. And until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. I'm just going to preface this. I've been drinking. 
But, um, <laughs> so, 